Hello, listeners. I'm Jackie, stepping in to save the day, much like Mary Poppins, because our usually steadfast host, Brent Peterson, has gone a bit pear-shaped and missed our intro recording session. Good job I'm as reliable as a Swiss watch, isn't it? Nevertheless, in today's episode, Brent has a natter with Ebeni Ryan, the head of global marketing at Digital Zone, and they delve into the captivating world of retail media networks. Ebani shares some enlightening insights about how these networks ingeniously bridge the gap between B2B and B2C. So, hold on to your hats because this episode is going to be the bee's knees. Now let's get on with talk commerce, but not before we take a quick moment to hear from our sponsors. Great news for the Magenta community. Hoofa is now fully supported by Amnesty, the number one Magento extension provider. With a catalog of over 250 Magento products and solutions and a full range of custom development services, Amnesty actively invests in providing compatibility with the Hoofa theme. 33 solution compatibilities have already been released and are available as part of the regular product subscription with no extra charge. And many more new compatibilities are coming. In partnership with Hoofa, Amnesty is focused on providing its clients with high quality extensions, great performance, and a high level of service. Visit Amnesty.com for more details. That's A-M-A-S-T-Y.com. And remember to tell them Talk Commerce sent you. Have you heard of the Hoofa theme for Magento? It is a powerful yet intuitive theme that has been designed to help Magento store owners create the perfect online store. With the Hoofa theme, you can create a store that is unique and engaging while taking advantage of the latest technology that will make your site blazing fast. The theme is built with a modern, responsive design that is optimized for maximum performance and usability. You can easily achieve Google Lighthouse scores of 10. It is also fully customizable, allowing you to adjust its look and feel to fit your brand. Overall, the Hoofa theme is the best choice for any Magento site. It is easy to set up and customize, and it provides powerful features to help you create a successful online store. Plus, it is designed to work seamlessly with your existing Magento store so you can take advantage of its powerful features and tools. With the Hoofa theme, you can create a beautiful, engaging, and successful Magento site. Go to hyva.io to learn more. That's hyva.io. And tell them that Talk Commerce sent you. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now... Talk Commerce. Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today I have Ebony Ryan. Ebony is the head of global marketing for Digital Zone. Ebony, go ahead, give an introduction for yourself. Maybe tell us your day to day role and one of your passions in life. Yeah, as head of global marketing, my primary role is to figure out how we create demand for Digital Zone and how we go to market, the positioning, what new market share we're trying to take this year, that sort of thing within all of the different regions. Um, my primary focus is really Amer, but we are expanding this year into EMEA and APAC. So that's been the new areas that I've uh, positioned my focus around. And as far as one of my passions, I honestly am a huge reader. I generally read about a book a week. 
at least. And sometimes when I get real into a book series or something, it's usually two or three books a week. So that would probably be one of the passions right now, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, you'd get along very well with my daughter, who's also a ver voracious reader. Can I say voracious? Yeah, I can say that. <laughs> Ebony, you have been so kind as to volunteer for the free joke project. I'm going to tell you a joke and I'm going to guarantee it's not going to be funny. I shouldn't okay. even say that. You may laugh hysterically at it. I don't know. But all you have to do is say, is this joke one that should just remain free on the internet or do you think someday somebody should charge for it? So here we go. I'm an expert at picking leaves and heating them in water. It's my specialty. I would say <laughs> that should probably remain free or else maybe you pay people to hear go. it. I'm not sure. One of those for sure. <laughs> I, have, I have my tea sweatshirt on today. Even. Okay. Yeah, that's why I picked it. Yeah. There we Perfect. go. Yeah. It's very English. Um, all right. So let's talk about uh, B2B and tell us a little bit about, you had mentioned demand for digital zone. Tell us about digital yeah. zone and why you want demand for digital zone. Yeah, so Digital Zone is a B2B demand gen company. And so we partner with brands, with B2B brands specifically, to deliver high quality leads or what we call MQLs, marketing qualified leads. And we do this all based out of our proprietary database of 105 million, 105, over 105 million um, business professionals in our database globally. So that's what we do at Digital Zone, pretty much. Great. And so would you characterize sort of your database as something similar to Zoom info, but you're doing more of the work as opposed to somebody just getting access to a database and having to do it themselves? Yeah. So one of the differences I would say maybe with Zoom info is that the folks in our database have opted in um, to receive communications from us. So a lot of people are familiar with publications. So let's just call it eMarketer or Forbes or all of those websites on the internet and maybe partnering with them for content syndication where they put content on their site to be promoted because they want to tap into their database. We have a database similar to that, but it's just not linked to a publication. We have folks who have opted in to receive stuff from us because they find um, what we provide valuable. So that's essentially our database different from Zoom info. Interesting. Okay. So you, you did mention retail. So how do you differentiate or how do you meld those two together? And what, why would you partner with somebody in a retail network? Yeah. So one of the areas that I've looked into for expansion for us at Digital Zone is into the retail media network space. And so one just fun fact about me, I actually come from the agency world and uh, the agency that I worked with previous Digital Zone is one of the OGs in the retail media network space. It's Merkle, global agency, and, and they really specialize in retail media networks. So coming from that space there, I've seen so much opportunity within retail media networks for demand gen. So when you think of a retail media network, they are essentially a B2B business within a B2C brand. And oftentimes they're supported by B2C marketers. And if, and that's maybe if they're supported by marketing at all. And B2B is just fundamentally different marketing strategies and tactics than B2C. And so I've seen often a bit of a struggle with the B2C marketing team, the brand team supporting the retail media network. So most 
one of the other reasons why it's a perfect fit for demand gen or why retail media is our perfect fit um, is because retail media networks generally know exactly who they want to get in front of. Um, generally, it's going to be the, the brands that are in their store or, or if they're in the more mature retail media network space, they have started to look at non-endemic brands, right? But still, they have somewhat of a short list generally um, as to who they want to get in front of. So that account list that brand list is essentially the bread and butter of demand gen at the heart of demand gen is account-based marketing or abm and if you have your list of people that you want to get in front of we can marry up that list to our database and get you in front of them so that is where i feel there's this retail specifically retail media opportunity within the demand gen space it's this kind of the new b2b kids on the block is retail media networks Give our listeners the one on what you mean by a retail media network and okay. maybe just walk us through a scenario, how that would look to say a merchant who's, who is a B2B merchant and they would like to start working with you. Yeah. Okay. So retail media networks are fun because they are essentially all of, let's say they started with retailers. They've now gone out to expand into other industries within B2C, but they started with retailers, which is why they're probably called retail media networks. So let's take one of the big ones, which is Target. Everyone's familiar, most people are familiar with Target. And when you go search something on Target, say one of my kids has a cold and you want to search cold medicine, generally you're going to get your search results on Target.com. And those search results you can pay just in the same way that you pay for pay to play on Google, right? You can pay to get your brand higher in the search results, right? And you do that directly through a retail media network. So you get to be even more intentional than you would maybe on Google um, because they're on target.com. They are loyal target buyers and they are specifically looking for something that they've put in the search query. And then you have even more um, intent probably to buy that product. So that's a retail media network in the reader's digest of versions, but you get to go through that retailer's ad platform that is their proprietary platform, purchase that ad space and go from there. And so that's where it becomes B2B because you are seeking out brands, you are seeking out businesses that should be advertising on that retail media network. Now, like I said, most of the brand, most of the retail media networks know the brands that are in their stores, right? And generally the top 100 are inevitably going to be investing in those retail media networks. They're going to be trying to buy for those placements. So that's where the business buyer would come to a target or another retail media network and want to buy from them. So that's where that overlap of business and consumer comes into play. Got it. So maybe explain that. And that's great. Thank you so much for that explanation. How would then the B2B user use that consumer data for their needs? Yeah, so the, the data that you can get from a retail media network is a bit of a gold mine. Data in general, it's harder to come by nowadays. And so any data, we need to use it to the fullest extent. So how they're interacting, what the search query was, 
what were the other ones that showed up, what the competitors were that showed up on the retail media network when they entered into that query. The other thing that's really interesting, or the other thing, or the other opportunity, I should say, for retail media networks is that they offer more than just search. Most of the buyers are going to go to search as the first place that they're going to buy from, but there's display, there's other options that they have on the site. And so there's a lot of just interacting within the media, what worked, what didn't work, the the same kind of data that you would get from your average, all of your other media components, right? Like when you do an analysis of your search performance, there are different metrics that you look at to better understand your consumers what they're looking for and how they're making the decisions that they're making. All of that is housed in your retail media network in a little bit more of an intentional environment because you've already captured them in the place where they want to be, which is that retailer um, or the the retailer they're already loyal to, right? So it's very similar to the analysis that you would do across your media buying to better understand the consumer, but just in a more niche spot. Okay, so then the B2B user has this data. How can they put that into, say, patterns to see how they can uncover trends that are happening with their users? Yeah, it's. I think the biggest thing that you could do is look at bridging all of the media and all of the promotion. So within retail, you have shoppers, you have shopper marketing, you have merchants, you have all of the brand marketers, they're all vying for different parts of the pie within a retailer. And this is the digital data, right? So unfortunately, or most of the time, you're not able to track the in-store data in the way that you are able to utilize digital. It's one of my favorite things about being a digital marketer is that I just have so much information to go off of. In-store is just not as easy to capture all of those moments and what words the end or the consumer is using and looking for to get to what they need. You don't know that with an in-storm visit versus a retail media interaction with your, with the ads. It's a lot clearer what the, exactly they're looking for. Aggregating that data and sharing it across the different marketing teams within the retail or within the consumer brand is going to be very significant. The data is going to vary based on what you're investing in from a retail media network perspective, but there's a ton to go off of for all of those marketers, shopper, merchant, or brand that will really have some insights to create a more meaningful experience for your consumer. So I'm going to say we, because I also was in the agency space before, but let's just say the agency, the, the B2B brand would have multiple channels or the B2C brand would have multiple channels and let's say Target, Walmart, and maybe explain then how you're, how you're bridging the gap and you're then aggregating that data for that B2B to help them understand how to be able to sell their, and they're selling their products or their ads and explain that part. Yeah. So the retail media network, so let's just say Target, because I've just used them as an example. Target is selling ad space on their website to the CPG brands that are in the store. What we would do from the B2B side is we would help Target get in front of the CPG brands that they want to sell ad space to. So that's the role, the B2B role that we're playing on behalf of the retail media network is saying, hey, CPG brand, you should really do this. There's a lot of value in doing this. In fact, there's, like you've mentioned already, like all this data 
um, that you can get when you advertise with us as Target, with them, not us, with when you advertise on the retail media network. So that is essentially the dynamic that we we're playing on the retail media network side to engage with the CPG brands. So again, CPG brands are traditionally B2C folks, right? But the retail media network is a B2B within that retailer, within that B2C organization. So they're really, they need to utilize the tactics or some of the tactics we'll say that B2B marketers use to get in front of those CPG brands that they want to have buy on their platform. And this is, like I said, the accounts, if they have the list, we have the database and we can deliver that engagement with those different brands. So that's the dynamic of where we play within the B2B retail media network space. Yeah, and I think I'll frame it in a LinkedIn fashion, and you correct me if I'm wrong. You can apply a list of your potential customers to LinkedIn, and then you can have LinkedIn target those customers with your ad on the LinkedIn network, right? So you would see LinkedIn as a retail media network, and you're targeting those brands. You're targeting whomever is on that list with your ad. Yep, that's exactly right. Perfect. So can we just walk through like a, some of the, I mean, without you saying any names, can you give uh-huh. us some stats on how people have found success, how brands have found success doing this? On retail media networks? Yes. Through, yeah. By using your service. Okay. So, the, so retail, the retailers, the CPG brands are not the ones that we would have the success with. It would be really more the retail media networks, right? Mm-hmm. So they're the conversion rates. So let me think about how to put this the easiest way. So essentially the retailers are retail media networks are generally going to be staffed with sales folks rather than marketers. And the top 100 brands that are in store are already going to be very much aware of the retail media network. They're largely going to be taxed to invest in the retail media network just out of the box. It's those 100 plus brands that are in the store that retail media networks are having a difficult time finding traction with. So we've partnered with retail media networks to help them set to reach those 100 plus folks without having to use cold call outreach to get in front of those folks. At the heart of what we do is we help brands put together meaningful content and then put that content in front of them via email and then hopefully start to have that brand awareness, that top of funnel engagement with the brand so that when the sales team then goes and interacts with that CPG, they're aware of not just the retail media network, but everything that they have to offer them. Um, And one of the other areas that we're helping solution for retail media networks is often, like I said, the brands are in the store and they're generally aware of the retail media network, but they, there are portions of the marketing department that might not be aware. A lot of the folks who purchase from retail media networks are shopper marketers or they're merchant marketers, but they're not the brand marketers. And what we've found is that those brand marketers tend to have bigger pockets. So the retail media networks are super interested in making new um, relationships with the brand marketers, which is another reason why us having that upper funnel 
um, awareness on behalf of the retail media network to get in front of those brand marketers is really important. So again, they're just, you know, many marketing departments are siloed in their own rights. And so the brand marketers can often be siloed from those who are already investing in the retail media networks. And we kind of work to break down those barriers and make introductions via the content that's going to be most valuable to the brand marketer. So all around, we're not we're not closing sales on our end, right? We are introducing people to each other through helping craft meaningful content and then putting that meaningful content in front of the people that they know already that they want to get in front of to hopefully expand the investment in the retail media network. So that's a little bit of how it works and why we've been utilized to fast track conversions of an investment in the retail media networks and to broaden the reach of the retail media network within the CPGs, even in the top 100. And then the other kind of piece of it is the, the bread and butter of retail media network is search. People invest in retail media networks for search, but as kind of research has shown, the amount of search inventory is limited. Like there are some niche things that people search, but for the most part, there's, uh, it's not Google, right? When you go to, when you go to a retailer and you search, it's not Google. You're looking for very specific things and very specific things are even used within the search bar. So retail media networks are needing to diversify their media offerings. The really mature ones have already done so, and the rest are catching up, but that diversification of their media product is also what they need to get in front of even the folks that they already have a relationship with. They need to get those things in front of them with meaning, like I said, meaningful content and the ability to reach into those, to those inboxes from our database. Yeah. And I think as from the perspective of the CPG, they're going onto these networks, right? Target or Roku yep. or not yep. Roken, Rokinon, whatever. I get the name wrong. But so do you see this market expanding, this whole idea of this marketplace where it's the Amazon-like marketplace, but it's with a brand like Target? I do see it expanding. It'll actually be really interesting, especially as we see the cookie-less future come into play, right? Like with privacy legislation on the rise, there's all these walled gardens that are being created and retailers or CPGs have a real opportunity to get in front of people that where they know where they are. And so I think that's one of the other solutions that retail media networks provide is that first party data that is increasingly going away because of legislation, right? So we're, they're able to offer first party data in a way that will hopefully future-proof that for CPG brands. By the way, I love that word, walled garden. Does that your word or is that a is that It is not term? my because word. Awesome. <laughs> I so wish I could claim it, but no, it's totally industry, industry jargon for sure. <laughs> Excellent. So Ebony, we have a few minutes left. If you had some, if you could tell somebody like what should they be doing or what are the trends we're going to see in the, in the rest of this year and maybe even the Q1 of 2024, what is, it, what is it that the people that are looking at the retail media network should be, should be looking at? What are the trends that we're seeing? Yeah. So in the retail media network space, going back to the, the B2B trends that are influencing the retail media network space, 
The majority of the B2B buyer today, and this includes buyers that are CPGs within Retail Media Network target audience, right? They are increasingly millennial. I think one of the most recent surveys that I read was saying that the B2B buyer is 65% millennial or younger. So in that statistic in and of itself, there is going to be some influences into what works and what doesn't work, right? What the millennial wants is just different than the previous generations. One of the things that has been increasingly clear is that digital experiences are more important than ever. They need to be seamless. There are super high expectations as to what that should look like for B2B in a way that just really hasn't been there before. In fact, there's so many articles that have been written around the way in which B2B lags behind B2C in digital experiences. And millennial buyers are just not here for it. So B2B brands really have to step up their digital experiences for their buyer. And then I think the other thing that we've seen within the millennial B2B buyer is the absolute demand for transparency. They need to know what they're getting, how much it's going to cost quickly. There was a survey from Forrester that was talking about how the millennial buyer, the millennial B2B buyer is two times as skeptical as first of sales reps. So marketing has to work harder on those perfect digital experiences. And when they do interact, they need to be transparent because there's a lot of skepticism around being sold to as a millennial. So that is, I think, a couple of the, the overarching trend is the millennial B2B buyer and all of the ways in which that impacts the B2B market is huge. So that is, I think, what we're seeing um, on our side from as B2B marketing team. And then also what we've seen across the retail media networks that we support is the B2B buyer, the millennial mind and, and appeasing all of it that they want. I have to say that's super interesting to me because I think B2B has traditionally been baby boomers even still, they're yep. retiring now, but yep. there, ha there has been a big resistance from B2B to even think about anything in the digital space. It doesn't yeah. matter what channel you're in, B2C, D2C, whatever. So it is something that everybody needs to think about, that the older generation eventually, I hate to say it, but everybody's going to die at some point. And <laughs> Somebody else is going to take over, right? Yeah, it's fair. This is just life 101 <laughs> and the idea of how different generations have different buying patterns. And if we're not up with that, if you're stuck in this mindset of, hey, I can't change the way I think, your buyer is not going to buy from you. Yeah. That's a, that's a great lesson in general to think about who is buying and I think that's a really interesting perspective that you put on the buyers of those of that particular product or service is going to buy differently. Yep. So Ebony, we have a few minutes left. I give everybody a chance at the end of the podcast to do a shameless plug. What would you like to plug today? Yeah, I definitely want to shamelessly plug Digital Zone as a demand gen vendor, which is maybe the obvious shameless plug. But for retail media networks, I don't think that demand gen account-based marketing is even on their priority list. It hasn't even made what they're thinking about for their marketing strategy. Um, and I think that it is a huge miss for the retail media networks that are not utilizing it. You can literally talk to exactly who you want to with little wastage, very low risk, 
with Demand Gen. Yeah, my shameless plug is definitely look into and invest in Demand Gen for your retail media network. That is perfect. Thank you so much for being here. Ebony Ryan, Head of Global Marketing for Digital Zone. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Talk Commerce. Please rate this episode wherever you download your podcasts. We are actively looking for people to participate in the free joke project. Go to talk-commerce.com and sign up for your free spot on the free joke project. If you are a business, I will do a 30-second elevator pitch in the spot to help promote your business. That's talk-commerce.com.